Our scripture this morning is from Genesis 45, verses 1 to 11, and it's taken from the New Living Translation. Joseph reveals his identity. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please, come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine has ravaged the land for two years. For two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you, and he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me the master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there was still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Tricia. Good morning, TCC. If you're visiting with us this morning, my name is Adam. I'm the associate pastor here at Terwilliger Community Church. Been on staff for about two years. And it's always a privilege to uh, deliver the word of God to us this morning. Um, I just invite you to join me as I, I pray, pray for our, our message this morning. Father God, it, what a journey it's been looking at the life of Joseph this summer. Lord, and as we near its end, uh, Lord, we thank you for all that you have been speaking to us. And this morning, Lord, as we uh, talk about your love, I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to receive that message from you. Because, Father, we speak so much about your love in church. We sing about your love so much in church, Lord, but to truly know it, to truly allow your love to change us, to be something that we receive, something that guides our lives, or that seems to me a whole other thing. So Father, as we journey into knowing you more, into knowing your love more, I pray uh, that the words spoken this morning would just aid in that journey, Lord, that we would grow in our love for you, Lord, as we receive from you uh, more of your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my question for us this morning is, do you know that God loves you? Do you know that God loves you? I've often referred to my story growing up. Um, I grew up in a pastor's home. I'm a pastor's kid. Um, and an idea of God's love is, is something, it's so familiar. We talk about it all of the time. But if you're anything like me, you've probably journeyed through life and at different seasons, different intersections, 
different choices of your life, you've wondered, does God really love me? And it's so easy for us to take that question and brush it under the rug because, well, yeah, of course God loves me. It's what the Bible says. It's so easy to understand God's love intellectually, but to really allow it to shape who we are. That's a lifelong journey. And when I look at the Joseph story, and I am speculating a bit this morning, I, I look at Joseph and we've been talking so much about his faithfulness to God, and I have to wonder, man, it, it seemed like Joseph got it. It seems like Joseph understood God's love. The choices that he made, the ways in which he led others, the, the way that we see him handle his brothers— that whole situation, man. He seems to me like someone who understood God's love. It's amazing to me. So we're going to talk about that this morning. How many of you are fans of country music? You, wow, there's very few hands went up. Okay. Oh, man. This illustration is going to be lost on all of you. Um, there's a, a fun song by an artist named George Strait, and I don't know a lot of George Strait songs, um, but it, the chorus of the song goes like this. Uh, we can put it up on the screen here. Do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? Well, then don't be afraid to take me by the hand if you want to. I think this is how love goes. Check yes or no. And if you're familiar with this George Strait song, George is telling a story, which is probably why some of you don't like country music. It's one of those songs that would make you love or hate country music. Um, but he's telling the story of little George in grade three and this little girl named Emmy Lou. And Emmy Lou has a crush on George. And, and so Emmy Lou writes George a note. And she wants to know, George, do you love me back? Will you hold my hand? And, and she writes him this note. Third grade love is a really cute thing, isn't it? But what I love about something like this is it makes me remember maybe my own grade school romance. And man, when, when I had a crush on a girl or, or whatever it was, it, it, man, it, it changed me, you know? You, you think differently about things. And, and when you find out that that person loves you back or has a crush on you back or likes you back or is willing to hold your hand, then it does something to you, doesn't it? Suddenly you realize that there's someone out there who accepts you. There's someone out there that you maybe don't feel like um, you have to perform for because they, they care about you. They want to be with you. And, and in that relationship, you almost find, man, I, I'm significant. I care about this person. They care about me. I have a role to play in their life. And when we think about love, and, and again, grade three love is one thing, but as we go through life, the love we experience in our families, the, the love that we receive from a spouse, the love that is sometimes romantic, but other relationships we have, the love of a friend, man, love really shapes us. It shapes our sense of self. Something I love about this song is the question that Emmy Lou raises in the chorus. Where she asks this question, I, I think this is how love goes. I think this is how love goes. And this question to me is interesting because I think we can wonder a lot about love. We can wonder whether or not someone loves us or if, if we love them back. And I think that there is a certainty about what love isn't. 
There's a certainty that if someone's experiencing abuse, that there isn't love in that relationship. There's a certainty that when neglect is happening, or someone's causing someone else harm, or taking advantage of someone else, there's a certainty around all of that that we would say, well, that is not loving. But when it comes to the other side about what is love, I feel like there's a bit less of a certainty. If we took the cue from the world around us, we might think that love is largely about our feelings. And the problem with feelings is that they come and they go. And I think our culture would say that we could fall in love just as quickly as we could fall out of love. But if we're falling out of love as quickly as we're falling into love, what happens to our sense of self? That idea of being accepted, being secure, being considered significant by another person. Does that come and go as easily as the word love is used? And I think when we question our, whether or not we are loved, that, that ends up affecting our choices, our behaviors, our identity. And all of this cultural understanding of love, this idea of falling in and out of it, using the word love to, we apply it to something like pizza or hobbies as quickly as we apply it to our friends and family. I I think all of that ends up affecting how we understand the love of God. Because we talk in church a lot about the love of God. We sang about it this morning. This idea that God loves us. But friends, when we talk about God's love for us, do we believe that it's not something that simply comes and goes? Do we believe that God's love for us is constant and true? The Bible teaches us that love does not find its basing, basis on feelings or experience, though those are surely a part of our interaction with love. But rather the love that we learn about in the Bible is about commitment. If you want to hear more about that specifically, uh, there's a sermon uh, I preached uh, last Christmas that that dealt with this whole idea of of love being about God's commitment. So this past summer we've been looking at Joseph's story and we've been learning from and admiring Joseph's faithfulness. And there's lots to be admired. But this morning I want us to maybe go to the other side and look at the faithfulness of God seen in the Joseph story. Look at the faithfulness of God's love to Joseph. Look at the faithfulness of God's love to the people of Israel as we see this story unfold. Several weeks ago, I talked about how important the Joseph story is in the backdrop of the book of Genesis. Because as careful readers of the Bible, very quickly in Genesis, we see that things are not going the way that they're supposed to go. And as a reader... You know, if we don't know the end of the story, if we, if we don't know about Jesus and all this, we might be wondering, well, what's God going to do? And when the character Joseph is introduced, we start seeing glimmers and pictures of God beginning to express his love to his people, of God beginning to do things that are going to make things right again. And I believe it's because of God's commitment to love that we see in Scripture. It's because of God's commitment to love that we see in the Joseph story that we can trust in God's love for us. That it's not based on his feelings or his emotions on any given day. Rather, his love for us is based in a promise. 
So let's look at the Joseph story and ask this question. How has God demonstrated his love? How has God demonstrated his love? Well, our story nears its end. And and last week, Pastor Ken took us through this test that Joseph puts his brothers through. And we'll remember in that test, the silver cup that, um, that Joseph brought his brothers into dining with him. And then he sends them away with more grain. But he places a silver cup in this grain sack of Benjamin. And he sends his attendant after them, saying, one of them has stolen from me. And they begin sifting through the bags and they discover the silver cup in Benjamin's bag. And this is a big problem for Joseph's brothers because Benjamin is the one son that, that Jacob wants to come home. Benjamin is the, the most loved son of Jacob. And it was only by a promise that Judah was allowed to take Jacob, take Benjamin to Egypt with him. And so here we see Joseph testing Judah. And Judah in this situation is begging and pleading that Joseph would allow him to take the place of Benjamin. And this moment is very, very climactic in the story if we've been following along. We get to the end of chapter 44 and, and it's just, the tension has really, really built. And we read these words at the end of chapter 44. Now therefore, please, let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord. And let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I, this is Judah speaking, I go back to my father if the boy is not with me. I fear to see the evil that would fa- find my father. We pick up in our story this morning with Joseph's tears. Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him. When Joseph made his, when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. So Joseph's dealing with all this emotion and, and finally he turns around and he reveals himself to his brothers. And this moment as a careful reader of the story, man, the things that we would expect Joseph to do. His brothers sold him into slavery. What does Joseph do? He embraces them. Joseph embraces them. He says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me. And they came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. And these next words reveal Joseph's perspective to us, which is so amazing. He says, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. It was not you who sent me here, but God. It's in this moment when I think about God's love that I, I, I'm like, man, Joseph got it. He understood God's love. He would have grown up hearing the stories about his grandfather and great-grandfather. He would have heard about the promise that God made. He would have heard that, that God had a plan for his family. That God promised that he was going to bless them. That God promised that he was going to take care of them. And so where we expect Joseph to be full of revenge and anger, 
we see him saying to them, no guys, God sent me here. God sent me here. And we see in the story that God's love for his people is extended through Joseph. That God took Joseph and he used him to be a conduit of his love. And we keep reading in, 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 this, in this section in verse 9. This is what Joseph says to his brothers. Hurry, go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And when I read this, I, I, I think that Joseph, what he's saying to them, he's saying, come and experience what God has done. Come and experience God's faithful love for us. Joseph is saying, you know, go get dad. <laughs> because all this stuff that we thought was really bad, all this harm we thought was happening when he thought that he lost me. No, it, it was God going before him. It was God fulfilling his promise to him. It was God showing him his great, great love for him. And so we see Joseph so excited to see his, his father and his brothers move to Egypt and to join them there. And we read this and I, I ask the question, man, how does he maintain this perspective? It would make so much more sense for Joseph to feel abandoned. For Joseph to reject God, to doubt God's existence. It would make so much more sense if Joseph would have began worshiping the gods of Egypt. But instead of all that, Joseph trusted in God's love for his family. Joseph understood that God's love is based on a promise. God's love is based on a promise. God is not one who's going to fall in love and then out again. Rather, he's promised and committed to us his love. And he surely will not go back on his word. And I cannot help but think that Joseph knew and trusted in God's love for him. When he found himself in Potiphar's house, working diligently, and then dealing with Potiphar's wife, it's like he understood God's love. He remained faithful to God in the midst of that. Then finding himself in prison, being mistreated again, it just seems like Joseph knew God's love for him and stayed faithful to it. This pattern of God demonstrating his faithful love to his people is seen throughout the scriptures. We read about it here in Joseph's story, but then we watch as what we know is about to happen is, is the, the people of Israel are going to fall into slavery in Egypt. But God delivers them again. He gives them a leader named Moses in the wilderness. And we read that God enters into a covenant with his people in the wilderness. That he says to them, I will be your God. You will be my people. And as the story of the Old Testament unfolds, we watch as God stays so committed to his people. Showing his love to them again and again and again. And we read about Israel rejecting God. But then God stays faithful to his promise to love them. We read about Israel pushing God away. And we continually read about God staying faithful to his love to his people. 
And this, of course, all comes together with the coming of Jesus. When God sent His own Son, the greatest expression of love. So friends, as we look at the Joseph story, as we read the Old Testament and and watch as God stayed so committed to His people, we see that the love of God isn't fickle. It isn't trite. It's not something that comes and goes. And because we read about this, because we watch as God is so faithful to His people over and over and over and over again, we can have an assurance that God's faithful love is also towards us. Friends, God's faithful love is also towards you. And it's based on a promise. And when God sent His Son, Jesus, to be with us, it was the greatest expression of His love. We read about that in in Galatians chapter 4. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. Man, what a verse, hey? God wanted you to be His children. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. And you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are His child, God has made you His heir. And then this familiar verse, John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only, one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we look at the Joseph story, we see that as Joseph was sent to Egypt to take the role of a Savior to the people of Israel, so Jesus came to us, a Savior, an expression of God's love to His people. So I think sin, in so many ways, the things that separate us from God, it has resulted in a type of famine, hasn't it? That all that separates us from God is very similar to this picture we have in Egypt of a famine wiping over the world. But in the midst of drought, in the midst of hunger, in the midst of you and I longing to be satisfied, longing to have purpose in our lives, the invitation of God comes to us in the person of Jesus. To the hungry, Jesus says, I will satisfy you. To the broken, Jesus says, I will heal. To those of us who feel lost, looking for direction, Jesus says, I will be your direction. I will give you purpose. To those of us who are hurting, Jesus comes with his invitation to love us. The Joseph story and the unfolding story of the Bible assures us of God's love for us, that it does not change. It does not go away. I was going for a, a run uh, last weekend, and, and when I run, I, I love to listen to, to different worship music I, um, and, and to think about the lyrics and the songs. And I was listening to a record that I've listened to many, many times, and the this, this lyrics of the song are very, very simple. And the artist was just singing over and over again, though the seasons change, your love remains. Though the seasons change, 
Your love remains. Your love remains. And this song, as, as they're singing this, I, I'm running and I, I start crying. If you can picture a, a runner crying. <laughs> I must have looked very strange to anyone driving past. So I remember as I'm running, I'm thinking about the lyrics of this song, that as the seasons change, as, as the things in my life that, the missteps that I've taken, the sin that I've entered into, the poor choices that I've made, all of these things, God's love remains. When my situation and my circumstances haven't been what I thought they should be, when I've wondered where God's love is, the truth rings out that His love remains. When I feel lost and lonely, and I wonder where He is, His love remains. Friends, I don't know how you come this morning, but do you believe that God's love for you remains? Joseph found himself in a pit. He found himself in a prison. He found himself falsely accused. He found himself forgotten. And in the midst of it all, he remained faithful to God. Why is that? He knew the promises of God. The love of God remained. God's love remained. Friends, knowing God's love is so powerful. It's so powerful. Knowing God's love allows us to feel acceptance. Man, don't we all want to feel accepted? Knowing that our identity is is that we are children of God, His sons and His daughters. The trouble is when we don't know God's love, we spend our lives searching for it in all the wrong places. Wondering where we're going to be accepted. But friends... God's arms are open wide, ready to accept you exactly where you're at today, ready to embrace you wherever you find yourself today. Knowing God's love is powerful as it gives us a sense of security, that our relationship with God, our being loved, is never in jeopardy. That no matter what season comes, God's love remains. Man, I struggle a lot with this in my own walk with God. Thinking of, of areas of sin in my own life, I sometimes feel like, is God going to get back at me? Is, is He going to take His love away? We end up living in doubt, skeptical, critical even of who God is. Ultimately, we end up living like slaves, constantly trying to earn and secure our place with God. But friends, when we know His love, we're secure in Him. Knowing God's love is powerful because it brings significance to our lives. Our relationship with God provides amazing meaning and becomes a context in which we live and Engage in our lives. So many of us want to make a difference in the world. But in the context of God's love, He invites us to participate in all that He's doing. 
He gives us that significance. So I return to my opening question. Do you know God's love? Do you know God's love? Right after high school, I spent some time in uh, Denver, Colorado, working at a, a church there with their youth group. And uh, the, the youth pastor was a guy well into his 50s named Randy. And every time you walked away from Randy, in, whenever you said goodbye to Randy, he'd always call after you and he'd say, Remember who you belong to. <laughs> so you'd be having a conversation with Randy. You'd be talking about anything. Like, okay, Randy, I'll talk to you later. Say, okay, remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. Randy was always desiring that we would remember God's love. That we would remember who we belong to. That we would remember that there is a God who loves and cares for us. So we also need to remember who we belong to. And as we come to know His love more, as we live in the context of His love more, we have the opportunity to extend that love to others. When I look at the way that Joseph interacted with his brothers, it's amazing. But what I see him doing in that moment, instead of getting back at Judah, instead of throwing all of his brothers in prison, he extended to them the love of God. How did he do that? Well, he knew the love of God. So we too have the opportunity as we learn and grow in the love of God to be people who extend that love to others. To extend the love of God to other people. To show others that they are accepted. That they are secure. That they are significant. And what an amazing opportunity. So our other question this morning is, are you extending that love to others? Are you extending God's love? Friends, again, God's love is based in a promise. When it comes to wondering how love goes, we can see in Scripture that God's love is something that isn't, that, something that He falls in and out of. It isn't something that's changing. Rather, it's consistent and it's extended to each and every one of us. Let's pray together. I invite the worship team to join me on the platform. Father God, my prayer for all of us this morning is that we would remember who we belong to. Lord, and that we would live out of that place of belonging. Lord, that you love us. That you care about us. And Father, the reality in our lives is so often that it might not feel that way. And we might wonder where you are. We might wonder where your love is. But God, we thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, that you have demonstrated over and over and over again your great love for us. And your promises to Abraham. And your promises to the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. To you sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross and, and make a way for us to be brought back into this relationship with you. 
Lord, that we can receive that love. So Jesus, help us to receive that love. Help us to know that love. Help us to live out of the reality of that love. In Jesus' name, amen.